Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. It's the bit between their ears that just makes them act and behave so differently. And some people can be really highly strung in quite odd careers. And then there's others that can be so loose that it's quite different. Hello and welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast. And I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. Okay, I'm going to do another 10 more customer stories. So I can't remember what it was, but a while ago I did an episode about... 10 interesting customer stories. It wasn't the 10 worst customers. It was just interesting customer stories of things that we've experienced over the years. And subsequent to doing that episode, um, a few more have popped in my mind. A few more have happened. And a few of our team have said, look, you forgot about this one. What about this one? What about these crazy people? So I thought I'd do another 10. And I've titled it Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll and a Spot of Flatulence. And all will become clear. So first off, I'm actually going to start with the the drugs element. So the container business. It's a really great business. I love containers, as you know. And if you've got a lot of containers, uh, there's a numbers game there. So over time, yes, you make sure you understand who's moving in. You do the right paperwork. You do some checks. But ultimately, you can always guarantee what somebody has in a container. Anyway, according to the local constabulary, um, one of our containers was being used to store some uh, soft drugs. Hmm. So it did actually go to court um, and it went on and off and on and on, on and on. But eventually we got the container back. But it just shows sometimes you just can't tell what people are storing in these things. So the next thing, um, we had, um, or we have had, many different cleaning companies that have either worked for us, providing services in our buildings, or indeed that have been customers. So as a group, they have certain personality traits and certain ways of doing things that are akin, I guess, to that industry. And I I must say, hats off to people who run those businesses. Very difficult, I think, to manage a cleaning company. But nevertheless, some can be quite highly strung. And there was one particular day, quite early on in our business career, where our sales manager at the time was doing a viewing in an office. And one of the cleaning clients that we had at the time was in this particular building. And yeah, they had a screw loose. So this particular day, viewing's going on, right? So picture the scene, you're in there, you're talking to a new customer, potential customer about the wonders of the building and all the different things they can experience. And then up comes this guy at the window. Rat-a-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat. And he starts screaming through the window about whatever his issue was um, whilst this viewing's going on. 
Um, I mean, just complete loon. <laughs> and then, I mean, it was quite far away from the front door. So then he went tearing off to the front door. I mean, how are you supposed to conduct a viewing in this peace and serenity and showing them this lovely space and this loon is whacking on the window, shouting and screaming? So that was an interesting one. Um, a different one on the same kind of thing about shouting. So there was a recruitment guy. And this might be be, uh, well, certainly was a lesson for us about co-working. So this chap came into this co-working um, space that we had in the building and it turned out that he was doing recruiting in construction. Now, we're still naive at this time. Yeah, sure, yeah, on you come. So what then transpired was the way that he would speak to potential employees for businesses was in the same way you would expect someone to speak on a building site, front line. So this chap would almost slip into the dialect of the person and the swearing of the person who was on the other end of the phone. And you can imagine, in a co-work, that was a nightmare. So in the end, we had to very pleasantly and nicely ask him to leave because it just didn't work. But you can imagine that. This guy's just walking around effing and blinding in the same dialect or um, style as his customer base <laughs> was not um, a marriage made in heaven, that's for sure. <laughs> um, we had a building we bought once with a client. In fact, there's about three clients in this building. A lot of our buildings we've bought and had tenants in, by the way. We've not really bought many that have been vacant. Most of the time, there's somebody in there paying some money. And on this particular occasion, this client had been in the building for quite a long time and there had been an individual in the building looking after the building, but really looking after this customer and their expectations on this, what could only be described sometimes as a slave for this company, were extreme. So it, it was as though this individual was effectively another employee of theirs, but without the the relationship you'd maybe have an employee where maybe you've got a little bit more um, niceties. And, I mean, this is not a funny story, this one. It's just that thing about the previous way that the building was run meant that this client wrongly assumed that this individual was pretty much there to be at their beck and call, supply whatever they needed, um, answer the phones at any time of the day. I mean, it was really difficult to change those expectations. It took a bit of time, it took a little bit of um, quite strong persuasion. In fact, in the end, they actually left. But it was just a little thing to say, look, sometimes you buy buildings with customers in them. They're not always going to meet with what your expectations are, particularly on service moving forward. And sometimes it's like, yeah, okay, well, eventually they'll leave or... They may change, but I think sometimes they don't change. They just leave. Okay, right. Here's So a slightly different one. Um, we have a customer. We had a customer who had an office next to a set of toilets. And occasionally he would send us the odd email about, you know, can you please fix this? Can you do that? And this particular email he sent said, could you please send a memo to everybody in the building. Now, that's how we'd often do stuff. So, for instance, if the mail arrived, we'd send in a memo to say, look, mail's arrived today. Or if there was a barbecue on, to send a memo about the barbecue, right, through email. He said, can you please send a memo to all the building, the people? 
And can you ask them to please stop having sex in the toilets? <laughs> so firstly, um, yeah, um, I'm hoping nobody was having sex in the toilets, but you never know, right? But can you imagine sending an email to all of your customers saying, could you please stop having sex in the toilets? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> so we didn't send that one out. <laughs> I can't remember what we did about that. We may have just um, waited to see <laughs> if it happened again, but unbelievable. That made me laugh, that one. Okay, so that's the sex. <laughs> there was the one about the drugs, the rock and roll. Well, we've had a few... Um, Music tutors over the years in different buildings. We still have some. Uh, a really interesting business. They're, rather than going out and seeing all their customers, their customers come to see them. It, it, you know, economically, it's quite, it makes quite a lot of sense because every hour they're charging rather than driving to someone else and then driving to someone else. But this particular one was where we actually had a band, rock and roll band, that took up a space because they specifically wanted to practice. Now, we did agree with them it was going to be out of hours and they weren't necessarily going to disturb other clients. And thankfully, the building was suitably far enough away from any residential properties that it wouldn't affect them. But it was actually a really nice, interesting fit to have this band in this space. And we didn't have to refurb the space, which really helped get it let straight away at the time. And then later, we got it back and then redeveloped it. But it just was interesting to get that rock and roll band in for, I think they were there for about a year or something, maybe a year and a half, renting that space. It was really interesting. Now, I mentioned lawyers last time because they can be challenging. And we've had some, there's another sector that we've have had some interesting conversations with. We have quite a few therapists in our buildings. Sometimes they're psychologists, sometimes they're therapists. And a couple of times I've noticed that sometimes they can be quite highly strung. Now, if you're a therapist and you're listening to this, particularly if you're in our buildings, I'm sure it's not you. But there are some, they're quite highly strung. I find that quite interesting. And on occasion, we've actually had it where staff have had to give therapy to some therapists <laughs> because they're not dealing with stuff very well. Maybe with, a, I mean, I think we had an instance at one point with between two therapists um, and one of them needed therapy. So that was interesting. <laughs> that that sector is, um, I guess, we're all human, right? Now, I don't remember if you know, if you've listened to that previous episode, there was a chap on there who was a health and safety guy. Now, I'm just going to call him Dave, right? And from time to time, um, Dave would do his wanders around the building, check on the health and safety. And, and at one point, I did find him on a Saturday morning at the top of a ladders in the ceiling, right? Goodness knows what he was inspecting up there. But there was another time where roles were reversed and I'm looking in the ceiling. So I can't remember what we're doing. We're probably running Cat5 cables or something at some point or another. So there's a suspended ceiling and a few fire doors throughout this building. And I pulled up behind a fire door, went up the ladder. And I'm thinking, hmm, I'm behind the fire door. This isn't a great idea, right? So I moved a couple of tiles and I thought, hmm, Dave might be around. So I just came down the ladder and it's one of those doors that had a little window in it. And I swear to you, I looked through the window and there he was. <laughs> just coming towards me. So I quickly got off the ladder. He came through. He went back again later on. Up I went, finished what I was doing, right? And I was just like a bit of an intuition. I thought, I'm just going to check. But then, later in the same week, 
Um, again, looking up in the ceiling, void. I don't do this all the time, right? But I'm in this, in this actually a toilet. It's a different set of toilets, not the sex toilets, different set, different under the building. Um, at least I hope so. And I'm up in the ceiling void. Again, I can't be cables. I don't even know what I was doing up there, right? But I'm looking at up in the ceiling. So I didn't have ladders with me. And I'm thinking, right, I, oh, I just need to quickly look above this tile. So, you know, as you sometimes do, I put one foot against the wall, one on a radiator, up I go, push the tile. And, I thought, and then I thought, oh, hold on a minute. I'm just going to get down and I'm counting to five. So I came down off a ladder. One, two, three. The door opened and came Dave. <laughs> Proper intuition again. <laughs> so came in. Hi, 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 Dave. Did his business. Where was in there for? Went out again. I went back up on the radiator, fixed whatever I was doing in the ceiling. and went out again. I mean, unbelievable. It was just like this guy would turn up whenever I was about to do anything like that. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I think I'm nearly through here. Rock and roll, lawyers, Dave. Oh, customers. I've got two more. So customers that are, I'm going to say cheap customers. The lesson in this one is they never become well-paying customers. So we had a building that needed some pretty good refurbishment done through it. It was actually well-occupied but it, and at a low price point, but it needed new windows New boiler, new heating system sorted out, lots of different stuff in carpets, in corridors and common layers, all that stuff. Oh, and the toilets upgraded. So we basically went around all our clients, there's quite a few of them, went around all the clients in the building and said, right, we, actually we did it a slightly cunning way. We put out a survey first and said, you know, what are the things that you would like us to do? What would you like to see? And they all came back with toilets done, boil, boilers done, windows fixed. Right, great, okay. So next step, let's go back out to them all. and said, look, we love to do this. We totally agree with you. These are the things we want to do. However, it's going to cost, and we gave them the number. I can't remember what it was, probably 150 grand or something. It was quite a lot of money. And said, look, um, the only way to make this sustainable and to be able to do this is we have to lift your rent. And it won't be by 5%. And in some cases, it was maybe 25, 30%. Now, bearing in mind, if you're at a low point, that's not actually a huge difference in the scheme of things. And actually, all of our customers, so there was over 20 in 20 odd in this building, all of them said yes, except for one. And interestingly, that one was in a market, their, their business was promoting high quality five star hotels to the American market and to the um, well to do market. And everything was very ya and lovely and presented in, in a, an expensive manner, shall we say. But this particular individual was actually paying the least amount in the building. So the square foot rate they were paying, because everyone was at square foot rates that, at that time with us, was way under everybody else. And you know what? He said no. And we didn't actually say, oh, you know, your rent's going to double, because that actually would have brought it in line with everybody else. We just did a proportional amount like the others, like maybe 15% or 20%, which probably was only like 30 or 40 quid max. And he said, no. It's like, oh my goodness, really? So what that taught me, and I have to say subsequently I've learned this with other customers too, is that cheap customers will never become well-paying customers. It's really interesting. They're not willing to pay for quality. Otherwise they might have been in it in the first place. So he ended up being a little island. We did replace his window, right, to make the outside look better, but didn't replace his carpet, didn't do anything in his room. He stayed in there and it 
like a grumpy whatnot for another year or so and then left. And then we did up his room and rented out someone else for at least twice the amount. I mean, it's just crazy, right? But the lesson there for me was just cheap customers never seem to become well-paying customers. Right, okay, the last one, the flatulence. <laughs> so, back to co-working. Interesting, we have that mix of people in co-works. So, we had an uh, individual. We had an individual in this co-work space who, and, and it was in early days again, different co-work space, but early days, so there wasn't loads of people in this one, right? But this individual, I don't know if they were conscious of it or not, but they liked to do yoga as well, so they might... Um, be working away, and then instantaneously pop up and go and do some yoga. Wander around the space and do a little stretch here, a little little stretch there. The only problem was every time there was a stretch, there was a little escape. <laughs> right? So, so, and and you're like, well, can, can you? Did you hear that? So, so you go over, and, and then the worst is like, you know, a stretch down. So. This 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 individual uh, would do a stretch and and let some methane out. <laughs> so he'd be like, "Did you hear that? Was that real?" And the challenge, of course, was how do you tell someone? Can you please stop doing yoga and farting in the co-working space, right? But the other really challenging thing was when he's doing it, it's not bloody bursting out laughing. <laughs> So in the end, that was dealt with. Um, not in the easiest way, but it was dealt with. Um, so yeah, interesting. That is some of our fantastic customers. I mean, all of our customers are fantastic, right? Some of them more challenging than others. And very occasionally, we have to help them find a different location that isn't one of ours that might suit them better. But that's very seldom. And you'll get the oddball, the odd oddball too. But don't worry. This too shall pass, and you'll have a story to tell when they leave. And humans are a really funny breed. They all look fairly fairly familiar. They all look fairly similar. They all look fairly similar. There we go. But they're all so very different. Like just, it's the bit between their ears that just makes them act and behave so differently. And some people can be really highly strung in quite odd careers and then there's others that can be so loose that it's quite different yeah so anyway that's how we ended up dealing with some or at least allegedly dealing with some sex drugs rock and roll and a bit of flatulence in our buildings so until i have another 10 to share with you um we'll speak to you again next time mm -hmm.